comes louder. He's one on one with Hemsley, and Hemsley blocks it. Mitchell spins on Childs, and one. Cal up top, Shepard. Shepard was asking for it for three. Watson, and a foul! This is a clinic. This is Aztec basketball. Aztec Nation, what is up? This is the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Trone. After a long time with many technical difficulties, Kyle Kinslow is back on the show. Kyle, it's been a minute. How's it going? We're back, baby. Yeah, we just spent basically a week trying to figure out our issues. Put out an APB to Aztec Nation on Twitter to no avail. (laughs) And literally the simplest thing as of changing the room, Uh, the room change made it work. Don't ask us. We still don't know. Uh, But we're just glad to be here. That's all that matters. It's working again. So we're going to do a quick pod, catch up on a couple little things here. Um, and in the future, hopefully we'll be able to do it more consistently. Um, definitely, definitely. Make sure to, you know, follow the show, like, subscribe, comment, five-star reviews, all the things. I'm not going to waste your time with all the plugs too much. Um, find us on Patreon. Oh, I did just earlier today as we're recording this, so probably yesterday or before if you're listening, uh breaking tea or breaking teas has a new shirt out to celebrate all the gold medals that aztec you know alumnus or current aztecs or like that one girl who did it for the kayaking like a future aztec uh won. Oh my god my favorite person in all of the olympics by far yeah did you see her post game at her like medal interview and in, no. in the studio uh-uh. They were like, okay, well, you just, you know, you're 18 or 19. You just want a gold medal. You know, where does, where does your focus go to? And she's, she goes, you know, I'm going to be attending SDSU in the fall. So my focus is going to be on drinking. And <laughs> she literally, the, the host got cut her off before she could finish dr- the drinking part wow. and started to ask a question about like SDSU and college and honestly, guys, go find that clip on Twitter. I've tweeted it out. The show's tweeted it out. Uh, it's it's a good clip, and it's it's hilarious because let's be honest, she's a 19 year old that just had the pressure of the Olympics. Uh-huh. Girl deserves a beer. Sheesh, sheesh, man. Okay. Um, so, anyways, yeah. There's that. Find us on Patreon. Support the show. Support all the all the work we're doing and everything. Um, Kyle, let's dive into it. Now we're in the weird kind of part of the off season where there's not a whole lot going on related to the Aztecs basketball team. The roster has been set for a while. We've kind of done the analysis on that. Um, and there, there will absolutely be more to do, but we'll probably save most of that for a later date as like we start hearing about what's happening at the practices and stuff. The schedule is being formed, but it's not done yet so we don't want to spend too much time on that until it's done but uh summer league just started i know you're a big time nba follower and we have to the best of my knowledge three aztecs in summer league we got malachi Mm -hmm. flynn preparing for his second year with the raptors we got matt mitchell with the spurs and we have jordan shackle who you just informed me pre-show 
that is not playing for the Warriors anymore and has, for one reason or another, switched over to the Sacramento Kings. So, Kyle, tell us what you've seen in Summer League. How do the guys look? What do you think they're going to do? Yeah, so first let's start with Mal. Um, Clearly the most she's been around the league. He was in the NBA last year and legitimately played in the NBA and was a contributing member to that team. And everything that I've seen is just exactly what I thought he would be this year, which is just a little bit more confident. He looks a little bit bigger, a little bit like he put on maybe five, 10 pounds of muscle, a little bit quicker, faster with his decisions. It's really exciting. Now you guys know when Mal is confident, he is going to take some heat checks. And when he's, he's the type of player that he can make those shots. Uh, he, I believe it was on the eighth. So what was that? Sunday night, um, he had 22, 23 points 23. on something like 23 points on like 13 shots, which is, that's very efficient. Um, four, I think he made what four or five threes. Do you have the, the stat sheet in front of you? I, I don't have it in front of me, but I remember okay. seeing it was, it was four out of five, three, four out of five, shots. so 80% from three only took three free throws still though. He's 23 points on 13 shots is just a very high quality scoring evening. And I think that that's kind of the direction that they're going to go. Um, he's playing alongside their first round pick, which was a huge plus, you know, we were really worried he was going to, they were going to draft Suggs and that was going to push him down the pecking order with the departure of Kyle Rowley. You, you could easily make a case they needed a point guard, but they drafted Scotty Barnes, who's more of a, a small forward a scoring small forwards that complements Malachi's game basically perfectly on the offensive side of the ball. And they had a couple moments in that game where they played two man and it worked out really well, but Mal looks just a more confident player than he did the year before. And I think that that's going to serve him well, because, you know, when you're, when you're on that late first round, second round pick, if you haven't really blown people away, your one year two is, is like the proving ground. Right. And um, I'm really interested to see what he does this year, but I think it really set it up to be something, something special. I think he can probably take his game to the next level. I don't know if he's going to start just because everything that I've read based on Raptors bloggers and all of the news coming out of Toronto's front office is that, Fred is going to be started point guard and they're going to basically shift to this bigger lineup, um, which isn't a bad thing for Mal because he definitely can play the one or the two and can do that coming off the bench. So I'm pretty excited listening or watching Mal play and I'll be watching him in his next game for sure. Moving on to Jordan Shackle, like you said, it's kind of a weird situation because you don't really get a lot of information on like the fringe guys in summer league, because there are so many of them, they go back and forth all the time. Uh, the warriors, he did sign right after the draft, like same night with the golden state warriors. And he played in the California classic, mm -hmm. which was the, the, there's a summer league. That's only between the California teams and super random, the Miami heat. Like, could you pick a team that's further away? I don't know. Um, and he played there and I thought he played pretty good in the game that I saw him play. He had 11 points, three of four shooting from three typical Jordan shackle makeup, right? He was 
hit a shot, hit a three pointer uh, off a fast break at the elbow that he loves. You know, he did that so many times with, for the Aztecs. Uh, he had a dr- off dribble pull up jumper at the free throw line. That's his shot. You saw that this year, but he really seemed, you know, the issues that, that kept him from being drafted really presented themselves. He's just a little too slow, a little too flat footed, but I, uh, uh, we'll see because now he's on this Kings roster. They played last night and he didn't play. So I'm wondering if he basically, they, the Warriors cut him and then he moved to the, to the Kings roster. And they were like, we haven't had you on our staff long enough. Like you don't even have a practice with us. We're not just going to roll the ball out. I also think that they have Davion Mitchell on that team and he's a high draft pick. And those guys don't end up playing the entire summer league. They play like, the first couple of games and then most of the teams pull them. Uh, you'll see it happen with Cade Cunningham this year. It happened with Zion the year before. Like it's, it, it's just kind of like a, str- it's, it's a thing. You don't, you don't want to blow them out in summer league. You want to get them some exposure and go from there. So maybe there are some opportunities on the Kings for him. Um, you know, they, there were rumors surrounding Buddy Heald leaving. He's definitely the same type of scorer as Buddy Heald in terms of like play style. Now, of course, Buddy Heald's 6'8", elite level athlete, and Jordan's not. But if they're looking for shooters, he's he can be a replacement. So it's very weird. Just to, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested. Trust me, I'm going to find out all the information that I can, but there's very little to find right now. Uh, yesterday, someone from his family tweeted out, hey, Jordan, go Jordan, hashtag go Kings. And I was taken aback because I didn't even think he was on that team. So that was an interesting one. And lastly, you've got Matt Mitchell um, who's playing for San Antonio. Uh, He had a pretty good game in his first appearance for the Spurs. They were playing in the, uh, in the Utah um, summer league, which I know is kind of like the California classic, just Mm -hmm. with different teams, but he showed uh, his potential really. And the funny part is if you go on SB nation right now, um, they really talk about their young potential, uh, on that Spurs roster, but you know, he's a, he's an undrafted free agent. So you really have to, you really have to think about those kind of things. And that's something that we didn't talk about with Jordan Shackle is you, if you're not investing draft capital into somebody, they're a lot easier to say yes or no on. Uh, in terms of moving forward or not, but we'll see if he can make it around. The good thing about, about Matt is he signed his pro contract overseas with in France, right? So he's getting paid one way or the other, which is, and honestly, that's all you can root for as an Aztec fan is for these kids that you grew up rooting for and supporting continuing, continuing their, their dream of playing professional basketball and making a living doing it because their window isn't that long. So go get that money, boys. And that contract in France, as I understand it, has like an out in it where there's no, he doesn't have to give up any money or anything. If an NBA team signs him, he just says deuces and he goes and plays in the NBA. And if they don't, then he's good to play in France. So it's very, it's no risk with that contract. I know like on Twitter, some people were like, does, does that mean he's not playing in the NBA? Did he give up on that? And like, no, he just, you know, he's taking the safe option. That's awesome. I like the summer league because I think people get really focused on like, you know, Matt Mitchell's with the Spurs. So they're like looking at him really like everybody's looking at him. If he plays well, even if the Spurs don't want to sign him, another team might like him and decide to sign him to training camp. So 
really it's not you're playing well for that team to sign you. You're just trying to play well and hope somebody signs you. So. Yeah, I remember when um, there was a summer a couple of years ago where Winston Shepard was on like three different teams in summer mm-hmm. league. So it's not unheard of for people to jump around, but um, just trying yeah, to get I that mean, exposure. we're rooting for him. Yeah, trying to get that exposure and he's good enough to get paid somewhere to play basketball, right? It may be in some random country, but you can still make a good living playing in you know Russia or the Ukraine or Belarus yeah. or I mean, Philippines, Jam- any of those places. Jamal Franklin has been killing it in China for like a decade now, just about. So. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the um, the second biggest league I'd say in terms of spending yeah. power, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you look at uh, like the we just had TBT, mm-hmm. which I love because it's a bunch of old college kids. I mean, Demon Devendorf for for. Uh, for you for the for Syracuse is like 40 something years old now and still playing uh for the Syracuse TBT team so I love seeing that stuff but all of the like overseas elite players there that's mm-hmm. a team they're mm-hmm. all they all play in China so um and it's funny because on the funny I bring that up because all of the Aztec players this year on Twitter were all like we need to make a team Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just like to say that I will happily do all of the marketing and recruiting <laughs> and logistics for all of them for free. I just want to go, um, cause that would be fun. And that's another show that we can do. Give me the TBT team for the sons of Montezuma, right. Or whatever yeah. you want to call. No, that'd be I, a good show. I looked into it. It doesn't seem like applying is super hard. You just need to have enough people. And then they might not, you know, they might not let you do it. They might be like, oh, your team isn't going to come in this year. But like, it doesn't seem like it's super hard. Somebody asked me, that was like, somebody needs to put an SDSU TBT team together. I would do it, but I don't know how. And somebody else was like, no, you should do it. And I was like, I don't know how. Yeah, but there is an entry really fee, cool. right? And then you also have to like figure out how to split up the pot because it's legitimately winner take all. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That's, I don't know, like if you've never watched it, it's basically a basketball tournament with a bunch of like old college players, fringe NBA guys, winning team gets a million bucks and like, that's it. There's no runner up prize. They get definitely get exposure. And I'm sure like being on TV for those guys is really cool because it helps them get deals overseas. Right. Um, the, uh, the guy yeah, who hit they have the- a share the guy who would hit the game winning shot for the Syracuse team got an NBA contract afterwards. So yeah, I saw that. Big on that exposure. Really cool. Yeah, no, that would be, that would be awesome. Who was, it was, it was KJ Fagan. It was Skylar Spencer and Malcolm Thomas. Maybe I remember seeing three of them that were all like in each other's mentions, like we should do Mm -hmm. this. Yeah, definitely. And then just get a, get Jamal to come back from China if they'll let him. Cause I know he's like a high profile contract over there. So they, but. their thing said like anybody can do it as long as they love the game. They don't, but I'm sure like, you know, NBA players don't do it because what they're going to get maybe a hundred thousand dollars if they win, which well, is guaranteed it's not worth it for them. Injury. Right? They already yeah, have exactly. the exposure of playing in the, there's nothing to gain for them, but a guy like Jamal Franklin, maybe he's pretty set over in China. So maybe not, but. Yeah, guys like Fagan, guys like Mitchell and Shackle. Yeah, you know, just get all the, like the old Anyways. Mountain West. Just get the just have the Mountain West put a team together. Like, 
your backcourt is is Jimmer and Jamal. Like that would be <laughs> insanely fun to watch. Um, yeah, that would be super fun to watch. Just yeah. all of the old rivalries <laughs> for sure. Okay, but we wanted to. We also done, wanted to touch on the on Swish topic. League before. Yeah, Swish League before. So that just wrapped up, right? Swish League just ended. Um, Mount Soledad won, which probably doesn't mean anything to most of the listeners, but that was the team that had Matt Bradley on it, and it had Devin Watson on it as well. I think it had one more current Aztec, but they never actually played. Maybe it was like Demarche Johnson or something was technically on the roster, but never actually played. Um, but yeah, so Matt Brad- Bradley's team won. Um, I've been catching up. They finally like started posting more games. They posted the championship and like the semifinal games. Um, and then shout out to uh, Twitter friend SD sports fiend. He's been trying to post games on his YouTube account as well. So he's posted some games on there. Um, so I've been trying to, to dig through those. I'm going to have like an article come out with just further stuff that I saw and, and what I thought about, the guys while they were playing, but Kyle, you went a couple different times. So what was it like? Yeah. So it's definitely something that I think every SDSU fan, if you really like SDSU basketball, go at least once a summer, right? It is kind of out of the way. And if you don't live there, right, you got to hop on the 56, which is not a, you know, very popular freeway for most San Diegans, but you can definitely make it out there. Um, it was a, I really enjoyed it. I went twice this year. Uh, my first experience was, was pretty rough and that's kind of why I wanted to share it. Um, I went to watch essentially two games that had a bunch of Aztec players listed as playing. And it turned out only two of the six were playing. And so that's kind of something that you got to take when you go there, I guess. I, I think I had unrealistic expectations, right? It's a summer league. It's, it's a, it's an organized open run. I mean, I was there. I, I, the cool part was I got to see a front court of Billy White and Nathan Mensa, which uh, Cole Alger was playing on the other team. And that poor guy had to guard both of them. Um, Cade, Cade Alger. or Cade, Cade yeah. Alger, Cade Alger, excuse me. Cade did a great job though. I gotta say he was probably the best player in, in, in the time that I saw. He was really aggressive, which I loved. And he was, He's a lot more athletic than I remember. He definitely gained some weight, which was, um, which was a good sign too. So, uh, but it was cool. It's completely free, right? So you can just park your car. Parking is completely free. Walk into the gym, find a seat and sit down and hang out. And the was telling Trone before the uh, pod started, you see a lot of like the people that you see on the big screen at the, at Viejas, they're all there at the games, the same five guys, that are always at every game. You'll recognize them. If you go to a lot of games, you'll recognize their faces. I'm sure you've seen them more than once, but it was really cool. Cause they were there. Cause they just loved San Diego state basketball and they were legitimately cheering for and rooting for the guys, which was great. Um, as an experience, I loved it. Like it's free entertainment, right? Especially with COVID. And it was like the first real thing that I like, event that I went to and it was pretty well done. Fair, completely open that you don't even have to buy a ticket, even though it's free. You don't have to do any of that. You just walk into the gym. Um, they sell like snacks and stuff like that. And there's like guys selling merch, but whatever. I, I really enjoyed it. And the second day, second game, I watched um, Matt Bradley play. I got to see him play. He was 
really good, man. I, I'm excited that um, he's going to be, he's going to carry us a lot of the times. Uh, I didn't, what doesn't translate on film to me is it's, we haven't had like a real tr- true traditional th- three level score on the Aztecs in a very long time. Like I think Matt Mitchell kind of did that, but his was more perimeter and inside and Matt Bradley can get to his spot and take a jumper almost better than anyone. The Aztecs have had in years. We're talking like Xavier Thames had that move where he would get the ball at the top of the key and square up on his guy and blow by him and just basically shoot an elbow jump shot. Bradley has that in his game too. And, um, that was really exciting, but Swish League was an A plus. So shout out to everyone that did that. I just wish we could get like some roster updates, right? I'm sure they know who's going to be playing, you know, probably an hour before the game. If we could just get some lineups, that'd be great, right? Um, it would definitely help us as fans if we only wanted to go see a specific matchup or specific players. Um, and I hold, I totally get the idea of keeping that secret. I just think it's a better fan experience. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you're not going. Cause like I had people that wanted to see <clears throat> that came for the same, they were sitting next to me and they came for the same game that I watched. And we were lucky enough to get to watch Lamont Butler and KJ play in the first game. But then, like I said, no one on the other team for the second game, there was literally no Aztecs in the second game. So um, we got to see, like I said, Billy White and, and Mensa in the third with uh, he was playing with Pulliam, which was cool, yep. but yeah, just if we could just there's some slight tweaks to make it better, but you got to like like I told everyone, it's a it's open run, free to come to league. They don't make any money. Mm-hmm. They they're playing in a high school gym. Um, they don't even have like a legit snack bar that could turn a profit, right? They're just trying to offer you some some options. And it's I'm sure it's like just kind of like a a thing that the high school does for the community, which that's pretty cool. And I'll always support it. And now that I know, I, I knew about the swish league. I just didn't know it was like as serious as it was like with mm-hmm. jerseys and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I mean, I saw Billy white get his uniform 10 minutes before tip. So that just kind of tells you kind of where, where the, the league is at in terms of, do they know who's playing or not? So maybe the answer to that is no, but yeah. um, I, I had fun. And I think that every Aztec fan next summer, uh, should go out and see it because we could have, we could have a very familiar team next year. Uh, a lot of, we were talking before we could have like a 10 deep team and seven of those guys could come back next year. You know, there's a lot of potential. So yeah. Um, I would highly recommend it next season when it comes around. Cause every Aztec gets put on a roster. I don't know if every Aztec plays, but it's a good idea. Great concept. And us as Aztec nation, we need to support it. Yeah, any type of like local grassroots basketball event like that is it's pretty cool as far as and that's I've never been. So it was really nice to get like your perspective on actually going there. But I've like since it started, I've been trying to watch whatever videos I can, wherever they post them. They're like something on the organizational side. It's it's probably a lot harder than I realize. But like the first year they posted video on their own website and that was cool. And the second year they posted video just like on Facebook which was also fine, but I'm like, why do you have to change it? And then this year they switched it up to YouTube and they've only put some games up. And I'm like, why, why did you change it again? So I don't know. I don't want to pick on them, but it's, yeah. No, no, no. Some, I think, so I think it was, should be able to get improved. Yeah. I think the easiest way is they just stream the games live. But one mm-hmm. of the problems is 
you got to have a certain number level of followers to unlock, you know, certain tools. So maybe they just didn't have the, the bandwidth to do so. Maybe. Um, yeah. And like I said, it's a free event. They yeah. don't, they can't, they can't pay anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, someone would have to be doing this out of the goodness of their heart and sitting in a gym all day that is not air conditioned, right? It's, it's <laughs> for free. You really have to love basketball or want the exposure. And I think yeah. just kind of with COVID and the way that that whole industry personally, since I came from there before, the way that that's going, that's going to be a tough, a tough ask. But that's, to, I think just a cell phone streaming the games or, maybe having one premier game every day that you could stream. I think even that would just add a little bit more to the quality, but you're right. We don't want to bash them. They did a heck of a job and we really appreciate them because without them, we would not have been able to um, have been able to see them at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All facts. What did you kind of talked about Matt Bradley a little bit? Who else did you see and what did you take away from it? Like how'd they look? Yeah, so uh, Salamont, uh, Lamont, and this is something that I said right when I got there. Lamont looks bigger to me. He looks like every, every, every individual growing up has a summer where they go away for a summer and they come back and they look like they aged like three years in, in three months. And that's what it feels like Lamont, happened to Lamont. Like his face looks a little bit different. He looks a little bit taller, a little bit more bulked up. Now, another uh, another Twitter user commented to me that, you know, they think that TV doesn't do Lamont justice because they felt that same way. And I've seen Lamont in person before, and it just seemed like just a little bit like not. It's one of those things where you're just like, oh, something's different. And then you're like, oh, you look at his face. He's got facial hair and <laughs> he doesn't look like a baby anymore. He, he legitimately like looked like a young kid last year. And now he looks more like an 18, 19 year old man. Um, he just looks bigger. And I, and it's funny as his mom commented on my post and said, he has grown, he has gotten bigger. Um, so that's really cool. And so that's something that's going to happen. He, he definitely has, he's getting the green light. Um, he was taking a lot of shots that I think if he took in Dutcher's offense, he would have got yanked for, but it's summer league. So what does it matter? Um, the one thing that I will say is last year, he had this tendency to kind of not keep his head up when he was running the fast break. And in the summer league, it seemed to me like he was legitimately like, where's KJ, where's KJ, where's KJ. I want to throw a lob. I want to throw a lob. Um, so yeah, I got to see him, got to see KJ, KJ, uh, looks like he's been working on his corner three, which is very good. Cause as you all know, that's the shot that he's going to get consistently. Um, I think he went two for three when I watched him, which was, you know, that's nice. We, if he does that in the regular season, whoo, like, you know I mean, like that's a yeah. heck of a player. I think he went like three um, for four in the game that I saw. So, yeah. So that's, awesome. that's a huge plus. I'm going to be a huge like step in his game. Um, but he looks, he looks really good, right? He's always been that, I'm the A1 athlete on the court, and he's mm-hmm. still that. He had a play where he went up for a rebound. He got fouled, and the Swish League refs didn't call it. He got he got the ball back, and he passed it out of a double team in the post, and they fouled him again, and you could tell he was, like, angry. And the next shot, he was his hand was probably at the top of the square on the backboard when he caught it. Like, insane vertical, right? Um, 
so he looks good. He looks like he's been working on stuff. Uh, Mensa was shooting a lot of the jumpers that literally make me want to throw my remote control through the TV <laughs> screen. Um, those uh, not even, I I'm okay with him shooting the elbow, but he was shooting like top of the key threes. Mm-hmm. Now again, it's summer league, right? Kind of work on um, those shots. Yeah. I mean, Kinda and, and honestly, bag. if that's the only one he's taking that the very top of the key three, that's like a natural progression, right? Mm-hmm. I can, I, I will hear the argument, even though I don't like it for that. Um, but the thing that I was really cool, that was really cool is Pulliam got to work pick and roll with Billy White and Mensa. And they are two very different like styles of pick and roll players. Mm-hmm. Like Mensa is a, let's assess the situation. You can, he clearly is trying to add that pick and pop element to his game. Versus Billy White's trying to literally take your head off with a dunk. And so it was cool to kind of see him figure that out in real time, playing against a guy. Uh, the guard on the other team was older than he was. I didn't know. You could just tell he was probably like mid-20s, so he's a little bit more mature, a little bit bigger. And Trey did a really good job. And the thing that Trey, uh, that I clearly noticed with Trey that was different from last year is on his his like mid-range floater he's shooting it more of like a shot instead of like a push mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think that that's one of those things like look we're it's not a high percentage shot but if you can basically change it from a push to an actual shot you're going to get better results um i also saw him bank one too use like a one-handed bank shot so that would be like a little thing that he adds that you could see benefits over the course of the season. Matt Bradley being a three level scorer was really impressive to me. Like on three straight possessions, he hit a three, he hit an elbow jumper and he dunked. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Um, he is really athletic. He's re he is a smaller, faster, bouncier version of Matt Mitchell. They're bought like, if you had a slider in NBA 2K and you just took that baby down from Matt Mitchell, you would get Matt Bradley, but their games are completely different. And so that was, that was really cool to see because me being a Matt Mitchell guy and us being, you know, huge fans of his, we thought that, Oh, this is going to be the guy that replaced it. So I think in the back of my head, I'm like, Oh, maybe his game's very similar. It it couldn't be more different. Like they couldn't be more different players. Um, yeah, and that those are the players that I got to see. I got to see those guys twice. Um, but yeah, it's it was good. I really wish that I really wish that I got to see Che. He was one of the guys that I actually mm-hmm. went to go see on the first day because he's kind of like been the underground talk of the summer that he's gonna have a role and he's gonna be a player and that he really took last year as like a growth opportunity and he's got the right attitude this year. Like all the things surrounding Che are extremely positive. And so I was like, Oh, okay. And he was one of the players. I don't guys know if you guys remember, but last year I was like, this kid's mm-hmm. going to play for us. Mm-hmm. He's going to play for us. And he didn't at all. So um, uh, that, that I was, that was exciting because I, I still followed the league, even though we, I didn't go to a lot of games, but he seemed to play. Okay. When he, I think he played what twice, if I'm not mistaken. I know for sure once, and I think he played a second game. Yeah. Um, but the, but it's all them good. were posted or anywhere, so I wasn't able to see them. I don't know if you if you saw – I posted an article, and I think I've plugged it for like the last three shows now, but an article 
about um, somebody who I can't identify. They just said, identify me as somebody close to the program, um, messaged me and like gave me a bunch of information about like how Shay has been doing in practice um, and like some stuff on the record as long as he's anonymous and then some stuff like off the record that I can't even share like this person is sending me like video clips of Shay in practice and I'm like he looks he looks pretty good and and I'm but I'm always like it's just practice though like we got to see it in a game and I really wanted to see yep. Shay during swish yep but haven't haven't been able to but yeah there's there's a lot of hype on like it's low-key it's yeah. low-key it's, it's low just key. among people that key. like that it's you yeah, know it's care in the know in the know it's, yeah, yes. it's not casual fans aren't aren't aware of this stuff really, but um, yeah, there's there's a lot of hype about Shay. I uh, I did on Twitter a little while ago. I I released like this this lineup tool thing where you can put each player what position they would play for this block of minutes in the lineup and kind of see what your lineups would be and what your groupings would be and everything. And it's kind of cool. I, I was messing around with it this morning and I I put Shay in the top ten. I think he took a ropes spot um which felt kind of bad but i was also like honestly if shay is as good as what i've been hearing he's going to be better than than a rope yeah definitely and then lastly and this is probably the player that the guys who have been casually following the swish league has heard about the most is holy smokes dinwiddie dinwiddie he has some he he's got the senior level senior year Jordan shackle confidence where everything he th shoots, he thinks is going in, which just look at how shackles year played out. Like, yes, please. Mm -hmm. He, he just needs to play a little bit more under control. If he played a little bit, he's right now he's playing at that Russell Westbrook, extremely fast. I'm just playing harder, faster than everyone else pace. And it's working for him in the swish league. Right. But when you translate that to, playing in an actual college environment, that's not going to do you as well. And so if he just turned it down a notch, I really think he could be a contributing member of the team, but that's a, that's a whole nother conversation because the guard spot on this roster is as deep as it's ever been in my lifetime. We will, we'll probably have to do a series multiple of shows, at least, at least two, yeah. like one on guards and one on forwards, probably. Ooh, I love that idea. If not, if not like breaking centers out of that entirely and maybe do three, but I, uh, I am really low on Dinwiddie actually right now. Okay. I, so we can, we can have a conversation about that, but I have he, like what you've said, I agree with for the most part. Um, in terms of like his confidence level and how much shooting he's doing and he believes the shot's going to go in and that those are all good traits to have, but I, yeah, yeah. We can get into that more in the future, but that'll I'm, be in another pod. I'm pretty sure. low on Dinwiddie. So Ooh, look, I'm, we got and, spicy takes. And, and it's, it's one of those things, you know, and I've said this on the pod before, like I hate talking bad about these players. Like I root for all of them and I want them all to succeed. But like, from what I've seen from Dinwiddie, I have not liked very much of it. So Okay. Anyways, yeah, that'll be that'll be for the future in another in another probably two weeks. I'm gonna be gone next week, but probably two weeks. All right, we'll all to, right. We'll have to Sounds do a show. That'll be good. Yeah. We'll have like the full roster breakdown, of course, before the season starts. Sure. But I love like the I love like the the position battles mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm.
Okay, cool. I think I think that's it. We did yeah. Swish, we did Summer League. We're good to go. We'll do some TBT later also. Yeah. But yeah, I think that is it. Aztec fans, that does it for this one. It's good to be back, y'all. Have a good day. Have a good weekend, yo. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.